Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. All right, here we go. We right before we hit record, <laughs> Jill goes, you know, the more I record, the more we record these, the more I realize I have issues. And I was like, me too. As I'm as I'm actually speaking, I'm like having these aha moments in my head going, dude, I need to go back to counseling for that. That's some issue. I got some issues. <laughs> I'm going, wow, we're talking about this in a this is actually live therapy. And we're just working through it and having realization. So it's like you guys are a fly on the wall of just seeing us process out loud <laughs> and having these moments of going, shit, I'm still really fucked up. You know, it's what, I mean, I don't know, I guess we maybe should do a whole separate episode on like rejection trauma, this idea. This is kind of like, I guess, a new, new way of talking about it. But we've talked about that multiple times, like when you go through something, any sort of betrayal, not necessarily even infidelity, but a betrayal in like a business relationship or anything where you felt safe and then you got the rug pulled out from under you and you're going, wait, what? And so it can be anything. So I think you just get gun shy. And so Mm -hmm. we wanted to talk today about... um, the concept of just being able to ask for help. I feel like we've touched on this in different episodes, but I don't think we've done a, a just a dedicated episode to it um, about it. But I think, you know, how do you feel comfortable enough to ask for help in some way, shape or form in different areas in your life? And then how are you, are you actually allowing yourself to receive? Because asking for help and being open to receiving help are it sounds really like, why wouldn't you want to do that? <laughs> like, it sounds mm-hmm. really like a no brainer, but really it feels so vulnerable because I think, and maybe you're the same. I'm always wondering what's going to happen afterwards. I'm always mm-hmm. kind of have this one eye to like, but are there strings attached? But is this person going to hold this over me? Is this person going to pull this help away at some point? Right. Cause I think for you, and we've talked about this several times when we were married, there was no, there was not one single second where I was like, this could go away. I might lose this. Like, I never thought like that. I just went all in completely all in like a vulnerability, like, and it didn't even feel vulnerable. Just like, this is what we're doing. And now I'm so much more gun shy in not only my romantic relationships, but like business partnerships or anything like that, just constantly worrying. Am I like, okay, I should probably just do more than I'm asking for right? It's this constant feeling of like needing to be the one giving all the the help or the one just holding it down or never asking for any help. And I don't, I think there's always going to be a, a ceiling to how intimate, and when I say intimate, I don't necessarily mean like romantic or sexual. I mean like intimate, that friendship or that mm-hmm. relationship can be, there's going to be a ceiling if you don't allow for yourself to kind of give yourself over to the relationship. Yes. I have you know, seen friends of mine who are so good at asking for help where, and I'm, and I know you're this way too. Anybody ever asks for help, I'm always first to volunteer, to help, to be glad to give it or to set my boundaries and say, I can't, but I never feel put. Oh, if I say no, it's never personally, it's never an issue with like, you know, I don't like this person or something. But when I feel like I need help, 
in my head, I go to, what are they going to think of me? Mm -hmm. They're going to think I'm weak. I'm going to owe them something. I just need to pay them instead. Or I can't ask because they're going to think I'm less than. And I don't know why I think that I I never think that way when somebody asks me. And yet, if I feel like I need to ask, I feel like I'm going to have all that judgment put on me or I'm going to owe something or I'm going to need something back. And we we did talk about this. I just remembered a little yeah, bit with your with GoFundMe. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. But also with the brunch with my besties. Remember, mm. we were asking oh, yeah. like we needed volunteers to set up and we were going, oh, we need to pay people to set up the chairs. And why couldn't we just have volunteers that helped us with the chairs? And it was a weird situation where we were going, oh, we're going to have to pay people when I'm sure. You know what else I think is what makes me gun shy too, is I know sometimes when people ask me for stuff that are Mm -hmm. like either strangers or rando people like on the internet. And it's not that like, I don't, I mean, obviously I love social media. I love meeting people, but sometimes I'm like, does this person understand what they're asking for? Like Uh I see examples of people asking with way too big fucking asks than they should ask to a stranger. And I know how that makes me feel. And it makes me feel, you know, um, like put off. It makes me feel guilty for not being able to. It makes me feel um, like just uncomfortable. Like I'm like, why doesn't this person know that like they're asking, you know, like what they're asking for. And I know that makes me feel, and I never want to be that person, I think. Yeah. You know, like, I think I see those examples because to your point, there's this idea that, you know, well, it can't hurt to ask. I think it can hurt to ask though, Mm -hmm. you know, especially in like the business space. We know what it's been like when someone just wants so much stuff for you from you for free. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, you know? And so I think I just never want to be that person either. That's why I'm always like, let me pay you for (laughs) talk for five minutes. Let me give you a thousand dollars. Right. So like we take it to the extreme because we don't want to be that person. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. And, you know, we brought up the, when something happens to you, like rejection trauma, and I think it goes even deeper than that. Like this goes to probably childhood and, you know, where you made a, you might've had something happen at school or with your parents or family, and you didn't want to feel like a burden to your parents. I remember even being yep. like 11 mm-hmm. and going out to lunch with like my dad's um, wife, Suzanne, who's my stepmom or was my stepmom. Um, I remember like being 11 and going out to lunch with her and like paying and like trying to pay. Oh my gosh. Like being <laughs> 11 years old and trying to pay because I think you said the word, which I think mm-hmm. is burden. Mm-hmm. I don't, I never wanted to be a burden. I remember trying to like, <laughs> like be 11 and pay for the lunch for myself. Yeah. You know, it's my 40th birthday is coming up and it's been all kinds of mind fuckery around that. Just, you know, it's like attaching uh, an issued number to a scale or yep. I don't know. I'm like, can't even get words out right now. But you know what I mean? Um, and I know it's just an arbitrary number and it doesn't mean anything, but y- you know, I'm having all my feelings around it. And my boyfriend's like, you know, we had talked about it for a year wanting to have a celebration. And as it's getting closer and closer, I'm getting major anxiety. Like I was crying the other day because one of our friends said, I booked a flight, I'm coming out. And I was like, I, I have to tell her to cancel. I don't want her to come. Like, I don't want this um, celebration around me or like have people paying money to get to see me. And I, it feels like a lot of pressure. Like now I have to entertain her because she flew all this way. And, you know, it's all of this stuff. And I realize I've always had issues around birthdays and Christmas and gifts and getting gifts. And I think when it really came down to was my, and Christmas happened this year and I, we've been staying with my mom and dad because you, you guys know what the, my mom's situation. 
and I think he was able to see this, how there is a lot, there always has been this idea of like, my dad was a compulsive gambler when I was growing up. And so money was tight a lot of the times because he gambled it all. So my mom would say things to me as a kid, like, okay, what do you want for Christmas? And make sure you're getting one thing because this is all we can afford. And I felt like I had so much pressure to get something. And then if I because it was all they could afford, I'm thinking, well, what about the bills and food? And I felt responsible mm. for that. So if I got a gift, that meant like my mom was going to be stressed about the bills. And so I don't want to put that pressure on her because then I was going to have to deal with it. So I felt guilty receiving or even asking. I just didn't want gifts because I felt like it had this layer of like, see, you get what you want, but now we're all suffering because of it. Mm. And it was so much pressure that I just hated I hated, I felt like it was responsibility to get a gift. And it was like, it better be exactly what you want. Otherwise, it was like, shoot, what if I don't like it? Then I really made a mistake. And now I've made everybody miserable because of my, mm. so I've like, have been digging into that, especially since Christmas and even talking through it of going, why do I feel that way? Why can't I just receive a gift and just be happy about it? But I feel like if I want something, I'll get it myself. And I still feel that way. I'm like, if I want something, I'm not going to ask, but I think it comes down to feeling like a burden, feeling like it's pressure and it's taking, it's like taking out of someone else's pocket that they don't yeah. need to spend money on me because, because why? Just because I was born this day or whatever. So, yeah. It's yeah. so interesting. It's like, you know, I've really been trying to practice in my current romantic relationship. I've really been trying to practice. It's not my normal, literally. And you know, this, like, I'm, I'm so self-sufficient and you are too. Both of us would be 100% fine if we were single. Like I, I, we want to be in a relationship, but we'd be so fine being single. And it would be, I mean, so my natural tendency is to take care of shit. Like that's mm -hmm. who I am in the world. I'm take care of shit. I'm competent. Like I'll just do it myself. Like, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, except when you get into a relationship, it, there is a sort of block to intimacy, I believe. And so I've started like with really small stuff with Keith, just like asking him to, I don't know, like at nighttime, you know, can you take Pip out? She has to go out, you know, one more time to go pee or whatever, like take the dog out. Whereas I would normally be like, well, that's my dog. So I'm going to take her out. But I'm like, no, like that's his dog too. Like we both, you know, like we both live here. We both take care of the dog. We've been together, you know, years now. It's like, that's your dog too. So I'm like, and he's happy to do it. Like, and he's, and he, he's gotten to the point where like, he just does it now. But mm -hmm. like, I think even small things like that at the beginning where I was like, no, I'll just do it. I'll take care of it. I'll take care. And I'm like trying to just slow. And I think there is a personality trait to it. I think you and I have both maybe been around people who have hold, held stuff over our head. Yeah. And like, fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice, shame. Like that, whatever that mm -hmm. saying is, like, that's me. Like, we, now, even if it just happened one time, I will yeah. never ask you for anything again, ever yep. again. And I don't know if that's a good trait. I mean, it's a <laughs> self-sufficient trait, but I yeah. think it definitely keeps you emotionally closed off for sure. Yeah. It's, you know, it is one of those things we all have defense mechanisms. And when we go, like when you go into therapy and you're talking through this stuff, you know, you have to recognize you were, you were doing the best you could with what you knew. And also our whole our whole way of being is about self-preservation and protection and saving ourselves. So that did work for you in the scenario that you had, maybe when you're younger. And like sure. for me, okay, as a kid, it makes sense because that's was the perception I had and what I saw, but is it serving me now as an adult? No, it's not because someone wants to celebrate me and have, and my friend did not hold it over my head that she's 
buying a plane ticket. She was excited to do it. And it, she's not like, Hey, if you don't spend time with me this whole weekend, like I'm going to be my flight, like that's ridiculous, <laughs> but it's the old stuff that comes out in ways you don't recognize. And you do have to go serving me is not asking for help or not receiving. Is that serving me mm-hmm. at all? And then going, if it's not, how can I change it? And that's really the tricky part is how do you change it? You know what I try to remember is like, um, I try to, there's a part of me that likes being relied on, you know, and I think that I try to remember that other people might like to be relied on too. So that's kind of like the switch that I do in my head. Like, you know, I love when I, there's an opportunity for me to help out my, my siblings or help out one of my best friends or, you know, help out Keith in some way. I get a lot of kind of like warm feelings from that. You know, it doesn't put me out. These people who are in my my inner, inner circle, I love trying to provide in whatever way I can. I get a lot of personal, um, you know, fulfillment out of that. And so I try to remember that if someone's in my life and they're close to me, that they might want to do that for me too. And mm-hmm. so me not asking is not is get, not giving them the opportunity to be there for me and to maybe derive a sense of joy or fulfillment from being that person for me. So I that's where I try to switch it. And I'm like, you know, I think about the ways in which I like to provide for my friends and be there for them and, you know, just do whatever I can to help them. Why, why don't I not want to say deserve that, but why wouldn't I, why would I deny someone that opportunity too? Mm-hmm. What for you, the scariest things to ask for or receive help on, and, and maybe not even help, like could be gifts or could be yeah. time. Or I think I've told this story before, like, um, when Jade and I split up, my ex-husband and I split up, um, he just was feeling really helpless. Like I was the one who left the marriage and I was moving to Los Angeles and I was leaving everything behind, like leaving all my furniture, our furniture, everything. And so he said, um, I want to give you $10,000. And I was like, no, absolutely not. Like I'm not taking that money. And he was like, I, he goes, "I, I feel so helpless. I feel like there's nothing else I can do. At least let me give this to you and you know help you get set up in LA and whatever and i said i will take this if you never say one word about it ever again and he was like i won't i promise and he did not to his credit like i've brought up more times than he has he's never brought up again i was like all right but that's like the kind of sort of ironclad mm-hmm. <laughs> i feel like um you know sort of conversation I need to have, especially if it's something big like money. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, for me, money is a symbol of security personally. Like I'm like, cool, if I have enough money, I'm good. Like I have enough options. I can do what I want. Autonomy is a big deal for me if I don't have. And so I think asking for money would probably be one of the hardest things for me to ask for um, because I wrap, because it's so wrapped up in my personal sense of um, like who I am, my, my value in the world or my sense of autonomy or freedom. So I think that'd probably be the hardest thing. That's the same. That's the same for me. And yeah. you know this, I mean, I was going through a struggle a couple of years ago and there's no way I would have asked or even thought about it. I, I think all because of my dad's gambling, my, my dad, I guess, would go to family members and ask for money and use it to pay off and hide it. And then my mom found out that we owed all these people money. And so she was always, again, never asked for money. Um, you know, need to be able to take care of things yourself. And so that was a big one for me. And there was um, a time I needed it. I remember at your door and you just asked me if I needed, and I, I, I don't even know if I said yes. And you just were like, I'm going to send you some money. And I was so grateful and so embarrassed at the That's same so funny. time. I don't even remember that. Yeah. And I, I think know. I, I think I paid you back within a week, but there's, and there was another time where, and it's just like, I was just so, 
uncomfortable with it. And at the same time, so grateful, but I never could have asked, like you just were there and just knew, you know, and I still would, I think I would have a really hard time asking, but I, I think I'm a little better now where if it was a desperate situation and I knew I could figure it out and whatever, but that's always been a, a tricky uh, one that's been more sensitive for me than mm-hmm. others. And I don't think I would ever like ask for gifts. So that's not one I, but I do still sometimes feel weird about gifts sometimes. You know, I I don't love gifts in general because first of all, I'm just like not creative in that way. So some people love giving gifts. Like, you know, my assistant, Sarah loves giving gifts. And she also knows that like, I just don't love getting them. And it's not like I won't receive one, but I'm more just like, fuck, now I'm on the hook. I got to give you one. That's how more I feel mm-hmm. like, I don't know why I operate from this place of like reciprocity. I even find sometimes with Keith, like we'll have, I don't know, we'll have like a long conversation that's like maybe kind of emotionally charged or something like that. And like, you know, we'll kind of like sit there and then maybe the next day he'll go to work and I'll like literally text him like, thank you so much for having that conversation yesterday. I'm like, why am I, why am I thanking him for being able to like identify um, an emotion correctly and like, <laughs> like, like have a sit down conversation we're in a fucking relationship. So I have to catch myself. Like yeah. I'll find myself being like, you know, thanks for yesterday. But I'm like, no, this like, we're both in this relationship. Why am I thanking him for like being able to have a conversation about our relationship? It's like, that's just because I'm the one who like wants to have those more. And I'm like, yeah. no, that's not, that's not my responsibility. I'm thanking him for being emotionally available to his partner. Yeah. And you he doesn't what? like, he's always like, of course, well, why are you thanking me? And like, right. whatever. But yeah, it's weird. I think you and I have had those conversations too, where we're like <laughs> yeah. dumping and venting. And I'm like, thank you so much. You're like, of course, this is what friends do. But I'm going, does she feel like she's coaching? me. I don't want it to be, you know, that way. And I know you've had the same thing where you've thanked me and I'm like, girl, you've done it so many times for me. This isn't even about like back and forth. This is what (laughs) friends do, but we have similar sensitivities in that. And it's so funny. I'm like, I would be upset and offended if you didn't talk to me about this and you didn't reach out for help. And I think that's something we need to to think about as well is when we don't, and you you already brought this up really of someone would like to be there for us and they would be upset if you didn't ask it. And I think about this a lot when you hear about someone committing suicide and so Mm. many people in the background saying, I would have been there if I'd only known if they had asked. And that person in the moment is probably just feels so alone and just like they can't, and no one's going to understand. And that's also, you know, a very deep, dark place and probably to the extreme of not asking, but we we do feel shame around asking for help. And we do feel like no one's going to understand or we're going to be judged. And I think it's really important if someone does ask for help, especially in a very vulnerable situation that we don't make them feel shame about it. And, but we also set boundaries if we can't help. Right. So we don't need to bend over if some, like I've seen this happen a lot where there's a family member who is constantly asking for money and the other person is always giving it. And they're like, oh, my sister's always asked for money. I'm always giving her money. I was like, stop that. She's becoming dependent on you and you're like an ATM machine. And why doesn't she get a job? You know, so there's, you can have, be the person that people are asking for help, but you also get a choice to say, I'm not available for that right now. Mm-hmm. And I don't have the emotional bandwidth for that right now and not shaming them, but also setting your own boundaries up. Cause I think when you are that person, you're also the person sometimes who doesn't want to ask for help because you're like, oh, you know, I have the person who's always asking me, so I don't want to. Totally. But it's yes. not the, it's not an either or, you know, you can also be a strong person and still need help. 
Yes. And that's, I think what's hard is it's so vulnerable and you don't want to be pitied. Like, I think I have a big thing around that is like, I don't want anyone to pity me or see me as incompetent in some way. Um, and of course, like I don't always have it all together all the time. And you know that, but I do, I believe that it is important, at least for the people closest to us that we do some of these small sort of vulnerability PRs, right? Like these small little asks to see. There's a book that was written by Adam Grant called Give and Take. And I think it came out like maybe 10 years ago or you know five years ago or something. And it was basically around, there's kind of three different types of people. And I'm not, I don't like love this because I love just, I don't love just calling someone like a taker. Like I think everyone has a little bit, just depends on the relationship, but there are givers whose natural tendency is to, is to be of service to people in their life. And I think you and I are both like this, for example, you know, as an example, when you and I go out to dinner with anyone else, like with our, each other, or with anyone else in groups, you and I are always constantly like the first person to put down a card or make sure that we're like paying our way or how much is it or whatever. Like both of us are always that way. And not everyone's like that. You know, a lot of people are just like, well, like I'll get it later or whatever. I'm like, I would be more to fucking mortified if like, I forgot to pay my way somewhere, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. so um, I think you and I tend to be more givers, but they say that givers are um, can get really resentful if they are constantly putting out. So I think that's maybe what you're talking about, this person who is almost martyring themselves to mm-hmm. just because that's how they're getting their sense of self-worth is I'm always the person, I always have the money, I always they have a sense of self-worth around it. So I think it, it, it can be in general good, but typically there's this underlying like 10% of givers end up becoming really resentful because they don't have boundaries. Then there's takers and these people's natural tendency is just see what they can get. And I don't believe that this is from like a malicious place. This book is really great, but you guys should, should uh, listen to it or read it. I don't think it's from like a malicious place. It's just their natural tendency. Maybe they grew up in a household where a lot of stuff was taken care of for them. Maybe they had a mom who was a full-time mom and, you know, just wanted to make sure their needs were always taken care of and they never had to really do things for themselves. So they kind of get to adulthood and assume that everything gets done by other people in their life. So they're, you know, maybe more of a try to not even in a malicious way, but just tend to sit back and have other people take care of the bill or take, Mm -hmm. have other people pay for stuff or whatever. And then there's matchers. And basically it's like, if you're tend to be a giver and you have a relationship with someone who tends to be more of a taker, that you might need to become a matcher in that relationship where you go, well, you know, I'll do, I'll put out what they put out and Mm. I'll kind of just match their level of both giving and receiving. And then, and I kind of hate that. I hate this very like trend. It sounds very transactional, like as a friendship, but sometimes in order to do that, you do have to have some boundaries in place and go, well, I know this person will not pick up the bill. So I have to have the difficult conversation of being like, Hey, can you Venmo me the 20 bucks or whatever? Like, which no one wants to have that conversation. I would rather someone just fucking Venmo me 20 bucks and me not have to ask, but I might have to, you know, charge them on Venmo or something like that, that feels maybe what your natural tendency wouldn't be, but you maybe have to protect yourself a little bit with someone like that. So I think it's important to maybe identify, and it's funny because I think you and I are surrounded by all pretty much givers. Like we're all, yeah, <laughs> all, every one of our closest friends are very, and I don't know if that's, you know, maybe just what we attract by being this way, but, you know, I think everyone in our life is very, uh, you know, conscientious and circumspect around wanting to be of service. Every single one of my close friends, whenever I talk to them, if they're talking about themselves and what's going on, they're like, but what about you? What's going on with you? You and I have been on so many dates with dudes who just fucking talk about themselves nonstop, never ask you or I one fucking question. And I think I see it as a cautionary tale. I don't want to be that person. 
And so, you know, I'm, I'm really lucky that I have everyone in my life is very much like that. They talk about their own stuff, but then they're always like, but what about you? What's going on? And like, take a genuine interest in what we're doing. And so I feel really lucky. I think we have a really good, but I definitely have some, some things to work on when it comes to receiving. No, it's, it's so true. We do have that. It's like, if we're around people who aren't, who don't give, it just feels super out of alignment and weird. Like, yeah, yeah. they're just not going to work in this, but yes, around receiving is really tricky. And this also goes into, you know, especially because you work with entrepreneurs and I speak to a lot of entrepreneurs is around the money conversation and sales even. Mm -hmm. So I was on clubhouse and there was a woman who got on and she said, you know, I, I have a hard time charging for my services. And that also comes down to receiving and going mm -hmm. kind of like my Christmas gift thing of like, if it's taking money out of them or like, maybe they're, this is a lot of money, you know, we should charge a good amount for our coaching services. And maybe you're trying to do high ticket and you feel like it's a lot of money and it might be a lot of money to them, but it's not our job to worry about their finances and how they come up with the money or what they're doing or how, you know, it's, yes. it's really interesting how we take on the burden of other people's finances. And we're worried about, well, I don't want to charge because, you know, I like what I do and I'm helping. Guess what? You still have bills to pay too. You do need yep. to charge and your stuff is valuable and you are worth it. And so the receiving comes into these conversations in sales and it goes really deep. Like I think working on being able to receive is a really big skill set or practice, especially if you're going to be an entrepreneur and in sales and need to I have those conversations where you ask for money. You know, what's interesting about that is as you're talking, I'm going, you know, I never have problem asking for money. I think it's because to me, it feels like, um, it doesn't even feel like receiving. Like when mm -hmm. I get money from someone, I'm like, this is a fucking bargain. I'm about to fucking kill it for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah. So yeah. I think, and that's like, I've obviously like worked up to that point, but I don't even look at it. Like they're gifting me with something. I look at it. Like I'm gifting them with a fucking kick-ass solution. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, mm -hmm. and I think like Grant Cardone's book, Celebrity Sold really helped me with that. Like with the mindset around, around selling and, and being of service and looking at, you know, providing solutions that can really help people as being like almost a moral obligation to be like, cool, like money isn't them bestowing just because it's green doesn't mean it's any better than the service I'm providing to me. They're balanced. We've decided, you know, customer and, you know, coach have decided that these things are equal. You give me this amount of money, I provide the service. And, you know, so I don't, it's, it's weird. Cause I, but I, in my personal life, I definitely struggle with it around like emotional stuff or tasks yeah. or help with money. It's really interesting. Yeah. I love that book too. And I've, another one I've been working on is delegation and getting, mm, you know, oof. like hiring out, hiring a team, having somebody do tasks that seem quote, like easy. So, you know, it's like, we know this, we shouldn't be doing, we shouldn't be spending all our time on doing my new tasks that don't need our time, right? Like a $5 an hour tasks versus $150 an hour tasks. And yet it's like, they're so easy. And then I feel like maybe I'm putting somebody down by asking, I know that a couple of times I've hired a VA or somebody, I'm like, I know this is like really boring and it's just tedious, but if you could just do this. And then I feel guilty about paying them $5 an hour for it or $10 an hour for it. But I'm like, but that's all it's really worth. And then I'm going, well, I'll just, I could just do it myself instead of messaging her to ask to do it. I right. could do it myself. And that's a weird trap in itself of why can't I have somebody do something for me and I am paying for paying for it and still feeling, I don't know, a weird, a weird feeling about asking them to do it. Yeah. 
I don't know. It's weird because you're like you're like you're actually providing a service. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like providing a job for yeah. you. And you know what though? This is such a great conversation because we can see that it just it, there's so many different places that this pops up. And I know, you know, for me, it definitely has to do around like you know emotionally receiving. Um, you know, allowing for people to be there for me emotionally and not feeling burdened, be, being a burden to them. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, not, I don't want people to see like to pity me or see me as incompetent. So there's definitely a lot of ego stuff, I think, you know, also in this. And, um, but I do like this live therapy session. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm like, what else do I need to unpack today? Look, I'll, <laughs> gonna send each other our bill for our therapy while yeah. we're on here. I feel so much better now. Actually, <laughs> I came face to face with my bullshit and I have some tactical tools to work through them. <laughs> no, it's, it is really good. And I think this is, uh, it always comes down to, I think we say this a lot. It's a practice. Yep. Things don't just, um, go away overnight and they do pervade into other areas. So if you're noticing that like the sales conversation, if you're having trouble with sales, are you also having trouble when somebody tries to pay on a date? Um, Mm. Maybe that's something you just, you can't have money there. And what's that about? And so uh, the, the advice I actually gave this woman who was having a hard time charging. And I told her about my dating coach, because when I was first dating, um, I was always, when the bill came, I'm like reaching for it to pay, you know, cause that's what I always do. And she was like, well, why don't you just, when the bill comes, I want you to sit on your hands and just wait and see what happens. And you can mm-hmm. offer to pay, but just see, like if the guy just grabs it and doesn't want you to split. And that first time was so, I literally had to physically <laughs> sit on my hands and I was like looking the other way because I'm like, I can't make, this is just so uncomfortable. And it probably looked uncomfortable. I'm like looking the other way. I don't know how to act right now. And she just said, just let them pay. And then just say, thank you. And I, and don't say like, I'm sorry, or, oh, let me help. Just don't offer, just say, thank you. And it was a literally a practice many, many times I practice and practice and find a way that you can practice. Maybe it is just letting someone take you to coffee and not offering. I don't know what that is for you, but see if there's something you could practice and that might help you in your other areas where you knew, do need to ask, like in your sales conversations. Oh my God, I need, we need to tell this story because this is so relevant and it's fucking hilarious. But and it reminds me of this because my whole idea of like not wanting to be on the hook mm-hmm. or not wanting there to be strings attached. Remember we were in Las Vegas and it was the two of us and we went into <laughs> this lounge And so if you guys don't know in Vegas, like oftentimes the bouncers, like there'll be maybe groups of men who come in and they want to have have like good looking women with them, but they don't have anyone with them. So what, what happens is sometimes the bouncers will, you know, ask a couple of gals the two go over and like, you know, you want to hang out. These guys want to buy you drinks. So we walk in and this bouncer, uh, doorman was like, these gentlemen would like to buy you drinks to Danny and I. And what did I say? You're like, you, Jill wouldn't take it. She's like, no, we'll get our own drinks because she felt like we're going to have to hang out with them. I was like, bitch, we've had this vagina our whole life. We need to cash in right now and get these free drinks. It's like, let's get the drinks and bounce. We just well, take you it. Go, you go, um, you said something like, well, we'll just have the drink. And I was like, but at what cost? Yes. Because I'm like, but what cost? Because that's my whole thing is like, cool, I'll take a free drink. But does that mean now I'm on the hook to fucking talk to you? Right. in you. Right. So like, it was so funny because you were just like, let's get the drink. And like, and that was good practice for me. Cause I'm like, yeah, what, what's the big deal? Like 
to your point, we could literally just have gotten the drink and left and like, thanks so much. Like they, there was no strings. You don't know yeah. these people, but I was yeah. feeling like, holy shit. Now I'm going to be, I have to fucking sit with these guys yeah. for like the next hour while we drink this drink. Fuck no. <laughs> and I get that. I remember too, because I think it was your birthday the year before or something. And we got yeah. the, these bouncers had us come over to this bachelor party. Yeah. And I was kind of thinking the same. I'm like, oh, we got to hang out with these guys. But we didn't even talk to them. There oh, was yeah. other girls there. We ended up just drinking their drinks, eating their food and <laughs> basically just being ambiance, ambiance and hanging out with the other girls there. Yeah. So it but it has been a practice. I think dating has been an interesting practice and just oh, yeah. receiving and also I dare I say taking like I'm not a taker but I had in that moment of going fuck it let's just take the drink and go like yeah, yeah. that they're offering then I think I can use what- that practice like I mean, to me like you were I think you were in the right like I think it would have been a good practice to be like thanks so much for the drink and then fucking leave yeah like still it would have been like a practice in autonomy like there's no strings just be like it's your choice to offer us a drink but that doesn't mean we're staying we actually even talked to uh we asked our friend about this remember we asked Connor more about this so we have a guy friend and we asked yeah. him like, Hey, if you bought a drink for a girl, would she be obligated to sit and talk to you? And he said, no, he goes, however, I would use the couple minutes that we were waiting for the drink to be made to like, try and get her interested in me. I was like, that's Mm. more like, okay, that's more acceptable to me. Sure. I'll Mm. talk to you for a couple minutes while the drink is being made. And then once I get the drink, I'll decide if like, I want to hang out more. And if I don't, then I'm going to leave and not feel bad about it. Yeah. And you know, it's silly too. Like what's a drink? I mean, in Vegas drinks are like 20 bucks, but still like $10, 20, you're like, right. Are we, we have to hang out with you for an hour, an hour. You, I'm like here. You could just if you get oh, man, really pissy about rate it. is seven fifty now. <laughs> exactly, give me seven hundred dollars for my company for an hour, please. <laughs> exactly. You're like, dude. You're gonna have to buy me more than a drink for me to hang out this time. <laughs> you got five minutes. Give me your best lines, or I gotta go. And thanks. <laughs> and thanks for the drink. <laughs> well, I just appreciated Connor saying that because I was like, all right, this is, that makes a lot more sense to me. Yeah. Hey, and I'm maybe sure- we need to come back in Vegas and we need to practice. <laughs> Make sure the guys aren't listening to this podcast. Yeah, right believe now. me, Keith is not well listening. To <laughs> but well, I do know that Jeff listened to all of them. So. <laughs> hey, I Jeff. know. I, fi- I find out later. I was like, <laughs> wait, you listened to that one? When did you have time? I'm around you all the time. When were you listening to my podcast? Hey, Jeff. Love you. <laughs> Uh, anyway, that is all I have, but hopefully you guys got a kick out of the story. We'd love to hear about this, you know, and if you are someone who, you know, is used to asking for things, not feeling bad about receiving, would love to hear from you too. Like what's, tell me your, tell, tell me, me your, your magic, se- tell yeah. me your ways, help us, help us learn. <laughs> yeah. I'm down for all of the help and ideas of practice too. Cause yeah definitely need it. All right, y'all. Well, please subscribe, download, leave us a review. If you haven't, we would love that. Um, we're back and we'll talk to you more. And out of all the things to do, subscribe is the best one. So you don't miss any episodes and they just automatically download right to your app. So if you're going to do anything, go ahead and make sure you're subscribed. Boom. And we're asking for help. So there it is. (laughs) Appreciate you guys. All right. Bye Bye. guys.